to that oneness guy podcast a podcast covering the many aspects and elements that embody oneness our inherent eternal truth and birthright reminding us that we are connected to one and all as individualized expressions of one source i am your host danny rongo and yes i am that oneness guy as an author speaker and singer songwriter I continue to share my unique message of oneness. So, let's get right into podcasting. To words that encourage me, I am. Hello, my friends, and thank you for tuning in. Today, I'm officially introducing a new series to that Oneness Guy podcast that I'm calling Oneness and Wellness. Now, as some of you may or may not know, for the past six months now, I've been on a personal journey to heal myself naturally from a diagnosis of stage three throat cancer. Now, this journey has been amazing on so many levels, but most importantly, from the education I've received from numerous sources, I mean, integrative and holistic physicians, spiritualists, nutritionists, influencers, and so much more. Like all these people, all these sites, all these opportunities here that are just sharing their insight and their personal stories to how we can heal the body naturally. And I've been soaking it all in, my friends. I'm like a sponge. And so is my wife, Andrea. She's been, you know, the captain of my ship, as I like to say, you know, so like when I say healing naturally, by naturally, what I mean is without the aid of traditional treatments. So now for this series, I want to feature these specialists, these healers, and specifically the survivors, those who have shared this invaluable information and those who have actually healed themselves naturally, which leads me to my very first guest. Now, Judy Weinberger was diagnosed in 2014 with a rare and incurable autoimmune disease called idiopathic hyper-eosinophilic syndrome. Try and say that 10 times real fast. (laughs) But this syndrome is characterized by multiple organ involvement, including the heart, nervous system, lungs, and gastrointestinal tract. Now, Judy has an incredible story to share with us all that includes how she healed herself organically or naturally or non-traditionally, whatever you might like to call it. So my friends in oneness and wellness, please say hello to my new friend, Judy Weinberger. Hello, Judy. Hi, it's such a pleasure to be here. Oh, thank you so much. Again, you know, like I appreciate you coming on board. And as you just heard me mention, this is going to be a new campaign, a new series to that Oneness Guy podcast where I want to focus on the healing journey. Wellness to me, Judy, as I'm sure it does to you, means so much more than just trying to take medicine. It's a holistic approach towards, towards how we live daily, how we live our daily lives, and not just reacting to illness, but to proactively seek 
ways to keep ourselves well and to keep ourselves in health and without disease, or as I always like to say, you know, that's where dis-ease comes from. When you separate those, that word, it means that we're not in ease. That, that is dis-ease. So I'm excited to hear all about your story. And I know my friends are as well. So take it away, my friend. I'd love to hear your personal story. I started getting pretty sick um, about two years before I was diagnosed with the idiopathic hypereosinophilic syndrome. Um, I had severe allergies. I had such severe celiac disease that I couldn't even boil pasta for my husband um, because the steam from it contained enough um, flour, gluten, that I would get really sick. Um, So I was in, I had hives, I had allergies, I had hypothyroid, I had fibromyalgia. Um, I slept on two layers of memory foam and took tons of pain pills um, every night um, that was so bad for my liver. I took eight Advil a night just to get through the night and eight, eight. And um, it didn't help eight, eight, <laughs> eight every night. And um, wow. then my, um, I had no energy. I started going through the doctors, my a normal eosinophilic range. Eosinophils are in your, in everybody's blood and a normal range is zero to 4%. And mine kept being tested by just blood tests at 42 to 44%. Wow. Um, and wow. so then they did a bone marrow biopsy to get a really accurate test. And they found it was at 43%. So that's when I was diagnosed. And they said, there's no cure there. The only treatment is to use steroids to slow your, to inhibit your immune system. Because at that range, your um, the eosinophils will attack your organs, eat them, and you will die. Ugh. And I thought, you know, I don't want to. Steroids are nasty drugs, and I did not want to go on steroids. So I just said no, thank you, and I started doing a little bit of research. And I thought I always ate relatively healthy. I didn't eat a lot of fast food. I didn't eat a lot of junk food, um, but I did eat some dairy, some eggs, some meat as part of my diet. Mm-hmm. First thing that I cut out was eggs and dairy. And within two weeks, my pain was almost completely gone. Two weeks. In two weeks. Period. In two weeks. And so, that's just from eliminating just eggs and dairy. Yeah. Wow. So one of the things that I've learned is that eggs and dairy feed viruses and most of what causes us to be sick including cancer is a virus starts it it's not the only cause of cancer or my illness or many others but it's a contributing factor and if you're going to have a virus in your body you don't want to feed that virus so eggs and dairy are their favorite foods. According, this is according to Anthony William, who is a medical medium. Yes, know him. For a lot of um, things, I found him to just be very, very accurate. Mm-hmm. So I cut that out. Um, I still ate meat, but only maybe once a week. And 
um, I ate a lot more vegetables. I cut out, I wasn't eating bread because I had celiacs and I started just healing a little bit. And then I read more, I studied more. Um, I st started having more things like ginger and turmeric and, um, and uh, some mushrooms yeah. and yep. you know, some of the things that, and then I read a lot of things from, I watched documentaries, I read lots of things and I cut out all meat. Um, I became vegan. Um, I am still vegan to this day. So it has been seven years of being vegan. And wow. um, Anthony Williams suggested juicing celery. And I have done that every day for the last almost eight years. And um, I do believe it makes a significant difference. Um, Absolutely. I, do take, I do take some supplements, um, but in the process, I just wanted to be pain-free and not die by my organs being eaten. I thought that's not a fun way to go. Um, <laughs> no, and, um, it actually cured the celiacs. In fact, I make bread at this point in my life. I mean, I couldn't even boil pasta and now I make and eat bread. Um, so I was able to go back. I healed my hypothyroid. Um, that's not something you're supposed to be able to heal. I had um, hypothyroid for 20 years. I started off taking 15 micrograms of a drug called levothyroxine. Um, and then it went to 25 and then it went to 35 and then it went to 50 and then it went to 75. And then after a while, I just, of doing this diet, I stopped cold Turkey and my doctor advised against it. And it did, um, it did not self-regulate for a couple of months, but I decided I wanted to do it. And mm. after the couple of months, it did regulate. And um, I have not been on thyroid medicine now for, I think it's been five years that I haven't been, I don't take any medications at all. Um, and very rarely do I ever need a Tylenol or anything like that. I don't get, I had migraines back then. I don't have those anymore. I don't have the allergies anymore. I don't have. Isn't that a beautiful it. thing to be able to say? Yeah. How many people nowadays can say we don't take any meds? Yeah, I haven't in many years. I haven't taken any prescription Good for well, you. It's been five years since I've taken any prescription medication. Wow. So um, I eat very healthy plant-based um, I do have some supplements, um, mm -hmm. that, um, mainly some healing mushrooms. Um, and I take a vitamin B complex because, um, being vegan, you're not getting enough of the B vitamins. Um, and then I take spirulina just because it's such a superfood, and yeah. that's, that's about it. And when I get sick, I take, um, vitamin C and I take something called cat's claw which helps um, kill bad bacteria and okay. fight viruses. Um, so I was not I, aware of that. I, I got to write, write that down. Cat's claw. Yep. Um, it's a good one. Um, that's one that you should take in the later in the day. It works better or evening as opposed to morning. Um, mm -hmm. But very rarely do I, I, I have grandchildren, four grandchildren. Um, and 
I'm with them a lot. And kids are little germ bugs. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I work in an elementary school. Tell me about it. Yeah. And um, they will, everybody in the house will be sick and I'll do my extra vitamin C and cat's claw and I won't get it. So it's pretty amazing. Or if I start to get it and I'll just up the vitamin C um, and... um, I, I don't usually up the cat's claw too much, but usually more vitamin C. There was um, a documentary, um, one of the first ones that I watched. It's got to be at least 15 years old. Um, Food Matters. And they did, um, they successfully treated cancer patients with intravenous vitamin C. And th- there was yes. no amount that, that you could do too much of. So if I take an extra vitamin C pill, I figure. It doesn't worry. I actually so- go. I actually go twice a month to my uh, integrative specialist and uh, he just upped my dosage uh, for each time I, uh, each time I go now intravenously, I'm taking now between 50 and 75 grams intravenously of vitamin C. And they say that's like, yeah, that it works and very few side effects. I'm assuming you're not having many side effects. No, no, I am not. You know, there's just so many things to do. Uh, what are, you know, I wanted to ask you too. I'm just curious. Um, how did you fare during all of all of the COVID like lockdown and anything like that? Like, uh, did your diet falter? Did you or your husband or anyone in, in, in your house get sick or? No. Um, and both of my daughters, um, one is a teacher and one is a principal in um, elementary schools. So they were around it and, you know, yeah. kids in their class getting COVID and um, everybody in their house getting sick. And I'm watching the grandchildren and I did not get it. Um, one of the things that viruses do need to eat. So even if it's, if it's COVID or anything else, any other virus that's out there, if you're not eating dairy, you're not eating eggs, it's not going to have as nice of a home to live in. So um, I'm not saying that that's the only way to prevent it. I mean, I could still get it, I believe, but I, um, I haven't been sick during all of COVID. I did get the boosters um, or the vaccine and the booster. Okay. But, um, but my diet is such that, um, I don't think that it would, I certainly don't think I would get long COVID or some of the problems. Well, that think about it. Think about it from this perspective, Judy, just, just based on what you've been saying, that's been encompassing your diet. When we're eating r- raw vegetables and all the greens that we are now, those are all immune boosting entities. Right. So you, you've got this immune strength now, you know, you're just you just boosted it over the years. So I would think that anything's going to have a hard time getting through to you to get you potentially sick. Yeah. Yeah. I have not been real sick in a very long time. And (laughs) there is a body mind connection. The only time I've been sick during this COVID is something made me sad and it just like hurts your heart. Well, the next day I would get a cold, but then I know what to do about it. So there is this very strong mind body connection that I'm very aware of, but I sort of have the skills to know what to do when that happens. In fact, if something happens where something emotionally hit me, I'll usually take an extra vitamin C and a cat's claw right away. Yeah, (laughs) because it does 
impact. Sure. So let me ask you something else. Back, back when you first received a diagnosis, was it um, like an internal struggle for you to go the route which you did? Or, or did that come naturally for you to say, no, I'm going this way? It was very easy. I just didn't believe it. It seemed really um, anti-intuitive yeah. <laughs> to, to, well said. Um, to take something that is going to suppress my immune system to make me better. I mean, that yeah. just didn't make sense to me. Um, and the um, the thyroid medication that I was taking, I didn't realize it at the time that had a steroid in it to suppress my immune system. So. Yeah. So how is that supposed to help the bottom line cause? Right. So I believe that, um, that the boosting an immune system is going to be in your best interest, not suppressing it. And I just thought, I'm not interested in something that's going to suppress. And we have to be able to boost it, not just physically, but also emotionally as well, too. Because I know throughout my life how I felt whenever I was sick. You don't want to do anything. So in a case like mine and the millions of others throughout the world, when they suggest aggressive radiation, aggressive chemotherapy, now... I never had it done and I'm not going to, but what I know about it just from the research and the people that I've spoken to is that everyone, every single person, and I'm sure you can attest to this too, Judy, every single person who I've known who received chemotherapy said that they got sick. So how do you combat the biggest obstacle in your life, which is basically life-threatening? You know, how, how are you supposed to combat that from a foundation of feeling sick because as soon as you take that first dose of it you're going to have reactions you're going to get sick so to me like it just never made sense so i never considered it because of that premise and me being you know like a spiritual guy like i am too i always i always believed you know in the powers of the body to heal itself so I would, you know, I always said I would go that way if something ever happened and in turn something did throughout my life, but I know it's here to, to teach me something and it is teaching me something already. And I'm looking to share what I've learned and you're a big part of this already by helping me share it. But that's always what I thought, Judy. It's like, all right. So I understand people just who don't know any better to put it bluntly or don't believe in the powers of the body and the powers of food, food is medicine, Hippocrates, um, that they would just say, all right, do what the doctor said, do what the doctor said, but you're from the get-go, you're going to be behind the eight ball, right? You're going to take something that's going to debilitate you to one degree or another. Now, I really can't find anyone who can argue with that, you know? there's something that's kind of interesting. I don't understand, but many people that go the traditional route, they'll go through all the chemo, they'll go through all the radiation, and then they expect, they go back to their life. Okay, your cancer's gone, and they go back to their life, and they don't change anything. Well, if everything in their life brought them to this diagnosis of cancer, why do they think it's not going to come back? 
Exactly. If you're still eating the same way, if you're still thinking the same way, you're still doing the same job, you're still doing everything the same. Those were the conditions that brought the cancer. Why is it going to be different now? Exactly. And I don't understand that thinking of, oh, then I just have to, it, it came back. Um, yeah, it's, it's, um, I can't I tell you how many stories that I've, that I've read along those lines, like they're, they're excited, obviously. So they're excited. They're celebrating with their families. And then two years later, three years later, something's back. I can't imagine how that just crushes the human soul to hear that, to hear those words again. But what I've been touting so far in some of my blogs, and I'm going to tout it here again, is that to your point, you are exactly right. If we don't get to the cause of things, if, you know, if people don't have the, the inner knowing that how you got this, how you got sick, it's either environmentally or through what you've been eating. Chances are it's, it was based from what and how you were eating. And if you don't change that, if the buildup of acidity in your body doesn't get flushed, or if you're eating too much acidic food, which by the way, everything that we eat in life is acidic, unless you're eating like we are plant-based, you know, everything is acid. And when that builds up, that's what you're talking about. And especially if you don't exercise, sweat, perspire, you know, it's, it's going to build up. It's going to build up. So that's what I'm saying. It, it can always, it can always revert back to it. It'll never happen to you again. No, I mean, I'm sure I'm that doctor, I was in such pain. Um, now I couldn't sit on the floor. I couldn't, um, I told my husband, we're never going to get on an airplane again. It's too painful. There's, I mean, I haven't been on an airplane recently, but I sit on the floor every day with my grandkids and wow. it's, um, I don't have pain in my body. I don't sleep on a memory foam, which I think there's chemicals in the memory foam. I don't think it's good for there you. Could but. <laughs> there could be. There could be. Yeah. And again, how, like how I was saying, uh, how could people start a journey like this from feeling ill? Now, that's the physical side of it. What about the emotional side of it? So you can't tell me that you're uplifted when you're feeling ill. So now your body's ill and now you have no energy level and your spirituality, if you even consider any of it, is down the tube. So you're starting so much from a negative foundation. How can you get through a journey that's so, so, so difficult? You know, and I can only attest to what my journey has been like. And like I've been telling everyone that I, I've been able to to do everything that I do between teach, between these podcasts, between singing on the weekends, you know, and I've been feeling great. I'm in the gym four days a week. I meditate every day. I take saunas to get extra sweats. You know what I mean? Everything that I've been doing, I've been feeling good with. And, you know, I can't see doing any of this if I didn't feel good. Yeah. It all comes back to, you know, how we, how we feel and how we look to approach something as serious as a life-threatening illness. But this is why I'm doing this, Judy, to talk to people like you, to uh, help us share this kind of story. I do something with my husband who had had cancer in the past. Um, 
every every weekend. I do it more often, but I do it with him every um, weekend of our grateful list. Just wow. what are you grateful with today? Because it changes your entire mood. It just lifts you up. It, you can be so low and you have, uh, what are you grateful for? Yep. And it's, it's part of the like, radical remission factors. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those that helps. And I do believe I'm a very spiritual person. Um, I do believe um, that we also have to um, not try and control everything. Yeah. There's, there's powers <laughs> greater than us. And I, when my husband had cancer, when I was sick, I never um, said, make me well. That was not my prayers. It was help me through whatever I need to be go through and what is in my highest good and, and give me the strength for whatever that may be. I trust in that source. Yes. Good for you because that's part of a connection. Um, you know, um, oneness in general, not that I want to, um, detour into the oneness side of it, but I am calling this oneness and wellness. And uh, for my for my listeners out there who know all about oneness, uh, I'll, I'll I'll share with you it's it's that it's that inherent connection, not just between me and you, Judy, as as beings on this planet, but it's that inherent connection to your source, whatever your source might be. You know, what I mean, I I would never tell anyone that. You know, I use the word God, but to me, God is an energy. It's not an entity out there. It's not a noun. It's more of a verb, if anything. That's why I say it's an energy, because as soon as you as soon as you declare your source or God as a noun, like he, like God's looking down on me, like, you know, that's what forms separation, because you're putting up a wall there. You're, saying, you're calling that source a person, a place, or a thing. So to keep that, to keep that connection um, I view God as, as an energy and I'm just an individualized expression of that source of that energy. That's why I say, that's why spiritual people in this fashion say that we are one with God because to us it is because the, you know, we are, that's oneness knowing one with one with all, but it's, uh, it's a big part of the journey to your point. And, uh, you want to pray in that fashion to stay connected to that source. Right. Yeah. And that's what's helpful. Uh, you know, cause like when I pray, I'm not praying for favors. I'm just praying to say, raise my energy, get me back up to where I know I need to be, where I'm in alignment with what's already there for me. You know? So that's, that's the message that I, I try to get across. Um, with that said, um, I wanted to touch base on something else that I found on your, on your story on the radical remission site is how, um, when you first was diagnosed, you know, you believe that you either lost your inner peace. Was that what you referenced? Um, I was, I had, uh, an emotional trauma, um, I'm not even sure. I think it was about a year before I was at, uh, before I got really sick and it was a family emotional trauma. Um, I was really just crushed. I cried almost every day and um, it's not surprising that my body just reacted 
with and broke down. Think about it. Broke down. Yeah. It was like my body was crying. Um, and, um, I healed that, um, along the way I forgave those that had hurt me. Um, I just realized that everybody's doing the best that they can do with, within their belief system, belief, whatever. And I, um, I let go the there's there's a famous quote and I won't get it quite exactly right but um holding a grudge is like um um taking a po- a pill of poison and waiting for the other person to die it was not yeah, 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 yeah. any any good to it's not um, to hold on to the hurt and hold on to the pain it was just um let it go um And that was part of my healing journey. So it was, it was the diet dramatically, but, but it's also your focus and that you can't hold on to the pain. It just Mm -hmm. eats at you. Um, And, but you practiced forgiveness too. You said, you know what I mean? um, You know, I'm, I'm sure in, in some way you said, especially at that point in your life, when you're trying to get through your diagnosis, you must have came to some conclusion, like, I don't have the capacity to be carrying that burden right now. So you just practiced forgiveness, which, which is beautiful, because to add to your quotes, there's a beautiful quote about forgiveness. And it goes like this, I'm sure you'll like it. It says, forgiveness is the fragrance, the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. Yeah. And if you ask me who said it, I do not recall. It's just that my guru, Dr. Wayne Dyer, has always referenced it, and it always sticks in my head. I believe it's, it might even be Mark Twain, to be quite honest with you. And I'll have to look it up again. But that always makes me understand the essence of the word forgiveness. Forgiveness is the fragrance, the violet sheds on the heel that has crushed it. That's like so poetic. But that's what it does to us. It's 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 a freeing. It's a it's a freedom. I love it. Um, you know what I want to talk to you too about. You did reference, uh, like in our first conversation, that you're also an author. I am. Tell us about uh, it. I um, have had m- many many miracles in my life. Um, I was. <laughs> my body physically saved from um, a car accident that I was told in words that were not inside my head. They came outside of me, but there was nobody else in the car that I was going to be in this accident. And, um, and I was saved. Um, I've, I've had many things and I developed a very strong spiritual belief system. Mm -hmm. I very strongly believe, um, in our complete connection to all that is. And I wrote a book. It's called, it's on Amazon. It's on Kindle, but I don't have a Kindle. You can read it on any computer. They have an app. Um, It's called Soul Talk, Wisdom, Miracles, and Lessons from the Soul. And it's by me, Judy J. Weinberger. Um, It's on Amazon Prime. Soul Talk, I'm writing this down. Wisdom, go ahead, Miracles. Miracles. And lessons from the soul. And lessons from the soul. 
And you're saying and it's it on does, Kindle and on Amazon, right? Because I'm going to share right. all of this too. Um, yeah, I'm trying to drive some people to it. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Um, it is. Um, you can read individual chapters. You don't have to read it straight through. Um, but there is a, a chapter on um, eat health through diet. There oh, is wonderful. a healing energy. Um, it's, um, I studied hands-on healing at one point. And so I, there's things about energy. Um, there's, um, so you practice there's, Reiki. I've been through a lot. Um, I do not. Okay. Um, but I, um, I did, um, study hands-on healing and, um, I I've just been through a lot in my life. And so, um, I shared that, um, including that's wonderful. Um, I have, uh, that's there's perfect I, example of, of, in, of inspiration. Yeah. Because what we go through in life often acts as a, a clear cut inspiration for us. You know, obviously like I know it as for me, like my second book, uh, was, uh, written. I, I started on the first day of the lockdown back in March of 2020, I said, all right, if I'm going to be stuck in the house for who knows how long, you know what I mean? I have to do something. So I just started writing personally because I was so caught up, Judy, in the whole thing about this, this lockdown. But the fear that engulfed the entire planet was just mind boggling to me. I'm like, oh, why is the fear level so high with this? There's always been viruses. There's going to, this is an organic planet. You know, there's, there's always been viruses and then we're going to continue them. I didn't get it. So, but after a while, it started to weigh on me to the point where I said, all right, I have to find my own way through this thing. However, it's, it, it's going to, however long it's going to be. So I started writing and like, I wrote what was basically the first chapter of my book was how to navigate through a pandemic or any, or any global event like that. And then after that, I was like, well, I don't know how long this is going to last. So why don't I look at some of the other opportunities, how to navigate through, you know, death, marriage, money, health, everything. So I just started writing different chapters, but that was the premise of it that I just took. It was the inspiration from, of all things, the coronavirus that's, that started in early 2020. I was inspired and I'm sure, you know, that's what, that's what you just said too, that you, you get these uh, aha moments in life that just trigger these things. I actually, there's 18 chapters in my book and I was basically channeled the topics for the, um, for each chapter while I was driving to work and was like, okay, there better be a stoplight so I can write something down. Right. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, it just was sort of, some of it was just sort of given to me. Wow. Um, That's wonderful. I think I do believe that we're all blessed with some of that. It's just some people are more able to tap into it. And I will say that um, diet plays a role in that when you're eating really, really heavy food and um, a lot of chemicals, the intuitive stuff just can't get through the same way. Oh, total blockage, total yeah. blockage. So, yeah. And I've I, always felt it, you know, cause my wife and I always, always have, have eaten, you know, well, always organic. I would have, you know, meat of like a few times a month. Uh, but still I could always feel 
when those days are, say, like if we were out somewhere and I just had, you know, like excessive pizza or something that, that just weighs on me, I just would not feel the same connection that I would as if I had, you know, like a vibrant salad or vibrant vegetables. You never feel the same because it weighs on you because, because there is that blockage to your point. That's a very, very good point. Very good, very good point. So for the people like who, you know, like who understand oneness, who are trying to tie in oneness to wellness and vice versa, that's a very important part to keep in mind that eating healthier, eating green, eating these vibrant foods helps us to stay connected too. And that's the bottom line. So if we're looking to stay connected, we do it spiritually, we do it through our thoughts, we do it through our feelings, but what we eat and how we eat can enhance that connection. Right. It very I much also does. believe that um, fear, when we eat meat, especially factory farm meat, and those animals are so petrified oh. at the time of their death, and that, that has to go into their muscles. And then it we does. consume that. It does. It's like, how do we, we're, we're eating then we're eating that, the fear, the shock, because right. everything is energy. Right. And for people who think that those animals don't, don't know what's going on, they do. Yeah. They all sense it. They're, they have souls too. They, 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 they sense it. So that's, that's a whole nother conversation there too. You know, that's yeah. why, uh, I'm that's telling you. That's why I eventually went vegan. It yeah. was not... The meat wasn't, I didn't think strongly impacting my health, but I just couldn't do it anymore for a spiritual. It kind of turns you off, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's funny too, because my wife, Andrea has said on numerous times, like, uh, because she's the same, you know, she's plant-based now too, because she's cooking for me. So she's eating it too. Even if we're watching something like on the Food Network, right, and they're showing like these steaks and pork chops being grilled, it kind of makes us go like, ah, yeah. like yeah. it, like it, like it just looks like almost like uh, like I'm almost getting grossed out nowadays because I'm 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 reading, I've educated myself to the whole process and how this food gets to be on your table. And granted, no one loves chops and steaks more than me, you know, and but. Once you change and once you find out what's going on and, and you educate yourself, it really makes you think. It really makes you think. It's also just not sustainable for our planet. It's not. And we're not born meat eaters. We're not. No. no. We're not. And then for those people who say, yeah, well, how do you get your protein? That is such a misnomer. That's a fallacy. For my friends out there listening, please, they say, well, you get it from eating steak and you get it from eating meat. Now, these animals are eating the grass. The grass is the protein. When they eat the grass, that's how they're getting protein. It's not that animals are protein. You don't need meat to get protein. And you could ask the biggest bodybuilder in the world, you know, what's more conducive for his strength? probably they're going to say, I went plant-based. Look at the strongest animals in the world, the elephants, the gorillas. What do they eat? They're plants. Plant. 
Well, and there's more, if you look it up, just Google almost anything, any food, just about any plant-based food, whether it's a grain or a green or a fruit, they all have protein in them. It's, you just are shocked. We just weren't raised yeah. to believe that. We were, we were taught, you know, and right. then there's the other side of that story that like, how come we were only sh- shown and, and, and told that you can only get uh, protein from meat? was because these meat companies, there's, which is a whole other argument, you know, who's paying their bills? Who's supporting them? Think about it. You know, it all comes down to the companies. It's always money. It's always about money. So things well, get spun in this country. Right. And with dairy, um, I have, <laughs> I have three days ago, um, I slipped. I'm in Minnesota. It's icy here. I slipped and fell flat on my back while I was walking the dog. And I fell really hard. I got the wind knocked out of me. I don't break anything. My bones, I, I have so much calcium just from the diet that I eat. I don't diet. worry about breaking bones. I mean, almost everybody I know that has um, fallen, tripped and fallen on the ice or slipped and fallen on the ice, break something. I've fallen several times through the years. I've never broken wow. anything because you get more calcium. There's it's inversely an inverse correlation between the amount of calcium or dairy somebody consumes will um, lower the calcium in their bones and cause osteoporosis. If they are eating more dairy, they will have a higher likelihood of osteoporosis. If they have no dairy, then you. um, And what were we told as kids growing up? Drink your milk. Right. Drink your milk. Think about it. The dare, drink your milk. That's wonderful. Judy, listen, my friend, I would like you to do one favor for me right now. Um, For the person who's out there right now listening, who may be sitting on the fence, maybe they just received some kind of news. Maybe it was a diagnosis of something, but they're sitting on the fence and saying, I'm afraid to try this in alternative methods or non-traditional methods. What would you say to that person out there who's hesitant to do it for one reason or another? I would say, for one thing, I do believe that everybody has to make their own choice and um, that what's right, you'll know in your heart what's right for you. But it doesn't hurt, even if you're really afraid and you want to go traditional um, chemotherapy or whatever, it doesn't hurt to change your diet. Start looking at documentaries that are on like Amazon, What the Health or what Food the health. Matters. Yeah. yeah, What the Health is a Forks great one. Forks over knives. Forks over and knives. the best one is the Heal documentary. Yeah. And... I've seen all of them and you can change your health just by, you might say, give me one month and try. I have an interesting story of somebody that walk was walking my dog back when I was working full-time teaching and she was diagnosed with late end stage pancreatic cancer. The worst, one of the worst diagnoses you can get. And she said her tumor markers were at 1400. And I said, do you want some information 
on diet that may help. They were not going to do chemo. They were not going to do radiation. She was too far gone. They were basically just sending her home to die. Wow. And give her pain pills. And so I told her what I did and to cut out the eggs and the dairy and to cut out, eat plant-based, to juice the celery, the whole thing. Within three weeks of starting this, her tumors went from 1400 to 716. Three weeks after that, they went from the 716 to 415. Three weeks after that, they were right around 300. Um, but then, unfortunately, she thought, okay, I'm going to go on vacation. I don't want to do this anymore. And I didn't hear from her after that. I'm sure it went back because you have to keep it up. Yeah. It's not the medicine. When you're doing pills and that kind of That's stuff. That's the proof in the pudding though right there. From, from what you just said, just after three weeks, the drop levels in half, in half. In half. In, in half. three weeks. So, That's incredible. So, so it might be something you might say, can we give it one month and do the tests again? And if there's an improvement. Yeah, I'm, I'm on to um, something. I'm on to something. And if not, I'll go your route. Yeah. Ask, ask your doctor, what will happen if we wait that month? Yeah. Um, well, so you who knows what you're going to hear? Who right. knows what you're going to hear at that point? But still, again, to your point, to your original point, you have to make the decision. You right. have to make the decision because I was not given... And, you know, like any alternatives, you know, I saw five specialists. None of them said to me, hey, Dan, take some time. Think about it. Or, Dan, listen, there's a lot of opportunities out there. Do your research. Here's what we're suggesting. They just went like this. Aggressive radiation chemo for one year, feeding tube. But after that, you'll probably get beyond it. I'm like, what? No. So you have to make your own decision. I made my decision. You made your decision, and I am blessed to have, have met you, Judy. But uh, with that said, my friend, uh, listen, I, I want to thank you so, so much for sharing this story, man. It was, it was incredible. I loved it. And uh, you inspired me um, because I'm still focusing on getting to the point where you're at right now. I'm going to probably have some scans done within the next month to gauge my progress over the past six months. And I'm curious and I'm nervous, you know what I mean? Cause uh, I have, uh, you know, like I want to be able to gauge my progress, but I'm working it and I wholeheartedly believe in everything that you've said uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing it myself. I'm doing yeah. it, but I want to thank I'm you again. I'm wishing you all the best. Thank you. Thank you, Judy. I appreciate that. And for my friends out there who are tuning in, I want to say thank you again to tuning in for this uh, special series. As you see that I'm calling um, Oneness and Wellness. We're tying it all in together here. I'll be sharing more of these episodes in this fashion, along with my regular episodes as that oneness guy, my friends. So by all means, please stay in touch. And until next time, you know, as always, I wish you peace, love, light and continued oneness and wellness. Namaste. The words that will comfort me, I am. I thank you again for listening to That Oneness Guy podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe to this feed wherever you may be listening to or watching this podcast. And please look me up and follow me on social media. You can find that oneness guy on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter 
just search for That Oneness Guy. And finally, to stay in touch with all things oneness, my books, and performances, please visit my websites, thatonenessguy.com and dannyrongo.com. In closing, remember this. Oneness is not a religion. You can call it a spirituality, but it is more than that. It is a truth and a knowing. The knowing that we emanate from one source. Just like branches on any one tree, we are individualized expressions of that source. This is the truth of our race, the human race. I